selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. You know, <laughs> okay, it's actually just so funny because what I love about Shopify is no matter how huge and massive you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control, yes, daddy, and take your business to the next level because we're business women. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash book club. That's shopify.com slash book club, all lowercase. Shopify.com slash book club. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Who's that knocking at the door? It's all your friends, you filthy whore. Your husband's gone, and we've got books and a bottle of wine to kill. It's Hollywood. It's books. It's gossip. I'm shook. It's memoirs. It's martinis. It's Studio 54. It's Celebrity Book Club. Come read it while it's hot. Celebrity Book Club. Tell your secrets, we won't talk. Celebrity Book Club. No boys are allowed. Celebrity Book Club. Say it loud and proud. Celebrity Book Club. Buzz me in, I brought the Cuervo. Hey, best friend. You freaking asshole, Stephen Phillips horse. Shut the fuck up, you fucking bitch. How's your mother? I fucked her in a bath at Dunkin' Donuts last night. So sorry, you were in a bath at Dunkin' Donuts or was a bath of Dunkin'? No, I did I did take out from Dunkies. I did the 64-ounce uh, hot coffee because your ma likes it wicked hot. <laughs> so I created kind of a jacuzzi atmosphere, poured it into my bathtub. Yeah, then we got to making sweet, sweet love in there. Oh, that's fun. I, uh, I actually fucked your mother sideways over a pile of discarded Kelly's roast beef. So, and not the sandwiches, just the roast beef that was too expired to put in the sandwiches and it was just a big pile behind like one of the Kellys off of Route 2 just in the parking lot at about 5pm well that sounds like a classier bed than the one I saw at your house last week hey yo <laughs> oh oh, you're talking about my mother's <laughs> aging Tempur-Pedic <laughs> yeah you little bitch ass Tempur-Pedic sleeping F-A-G, go to a pond for a week and then say, hey, Ma, can I come home to sleep with my Tempur-Pedic? <laughs> Listen, I still appreciated the nature and I understood what it means to live a simple life, even though I was on a Tempur-Pedic occasionally during that time. So, yeah, I was just on the Cape and I brought a book with me to read. Uh, <laughs> it's called... Oh, you're reading books now? So you're a faggot. <laughs> uh, no, I'm fucking wicked smart, okay? So now I can go to Harvard Continuing Education classes online on my ASUS computer. <laughs> my ASUS. Wow, uh, good luck with your night school. <laughs> Bet you're going to learn a lot, like how to suck cock. Oh, yeah, what are you doing? Going to kindergarten? Learning how to shit for the first time? Look, let's get into it. This book I read on the Cape is uh, called Walton Pond by this guy, Henry David Throw, or as you call him, Thoreau. <laughs> okay, I don't know where you, Lily Murata, like, garnered your pronunciation of Thoreau. 
But you you said throw every time, and every time you say it, you you'll notice that people around you kind of look, raise an eyebrow, kind of cock a head What's a little. What's wrong? And, and, they're, and they're just kind of like, sorry, what did what did you say? <laughs> throw. It's like in my cousin Vinny when um, the judge to Joe Pesci is like, "What did you say?" And he keeps on saying "utes," and then finally he goes, "Oh, I'm sorry." youths <laughs> so it's okay i guess sorry i'm a fast talking city chica i don't live by a pond so i'm just trying to get words out so i say henry david throw <laughs> just throwing out the words <laughs> throwing out the words and i uh, i get that it's pronounced throw <laughs> yeah it's yeah i mean it's it's soft soft so yeah we read Walton. Walton. By Henry, Henry David, David Thoreau. Thoreau. You know, one of the uh, one of the pillars of American literature, I think I think you would say. Absolutely. English class vibes over <laughs> here. English class vibes. You'll notice my book is full of pink highlighted passages. I did my homework. You like at staples, <laughs> you're like, I want the pink highlighter. <laughs> I was okay, you know, there's that thing when you get into English class and everyone does like the book check and it's like if the cover goes up like this, then that means you've actually read it. But if it's just sitting flat, that means you've never cracked it. Oh. Yeah. I've, that's, I've never experienced that. Uh, I, did you? I feel like maybe you didn't read books at high school. Okay, I'm sorry. As someone who went to high school, spitting Steps distance from Walton, from Walton Wait, Pond. Did you read Walton in high school? No. We didn't either. No, I had never read it. But of course I'd heard of it. Of course. It was nonstop. Walden this, Walden, Walden that. that. And I, as I said to you, I was a little surprised when the girl at Strand <laughs> had never heard of Walden, who was helping me find it. And when we were in the Thoreau area, she just goes, so is it about a guy named Walden? <laughs> it's just like, that is just insane because I'm like, the Strand is the, well, you know, and you Thoreau know, probably would work at the Strand and, for it, just like six months and right, then quit. For, for six months and quit, but then talk about like how amazing it is to like surround yourself with literature. Because, like, in my mind, it's very, like, there's, like, Catcher in the Rye, To Kill a Mockingbird. Walden. Walden, like, Great, Ulysses. Gad- Great Gatsby. Yeah, Ulysses. Like, But it's prob- it's definitely, like, top ten in American to- literature. Yeah. But is it now so just, like, Da Vinci Code, oh. Hunger Games? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're doing Hunger Games in English class. <laughs> <laughs> but maybe we just know it way more because we're from New Well, England. I wonder because we're like mass holes. And if you grew up in, say, California, are you reading like... Didion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Play it as it lays. <laughs> <laughs> and that was your original thing. And I mean, so for our listeners, I grew up going to Walden Pond. Wow. Very early on in my life. And it is, I mean, it which he has, you know, he made it this way. It is the crunchy mom yeah. pond to swim in. He, no. It <laughs> is Patagonia. It is Tevas that you've had for 35 years. It is sunblock. Yeah. It is nerdy pale dad in a bucket hat that like now would go for a lot on grailed. And it's the legacy of the book that's created that, obviously, because yes. it, it's become synonymous with this idea of like simplify and be like, a, you know, a a pretentious Whole Foods shopper and like, you know, minimize your consumption and enjoy the resources mm. around us. What I will say is, yeah, I mean, it's a pond. It's not. It's some, a big pond. Yeah, but. It's a pond. It's a pond. Well, yeah, Walton Pond. Yeah. <laughs> no one's denying that well, it's a pond, and, and except I, for he calls it a lake sometimes he, Sometimes in the book. he says lake, and I think he's saying that like in a more old-fashioned way. What I do like is that he straight up admits that it's like a normal-ass boring pond. Yes, but he also describes it, obviously, on end for an entire <laughs> Yeah, I know. It's 300 pages of <laughs> descriptions of this pond. But there's, if I may, just... Um, Please. <laughs> The scenery of Walden is on a humble scale, and though very beautiful, it does not approach to grandeur, mm. nor can it much concern one who has not long frequented it or lived by its shore. So he's like, so yeah, if you don't really know about this pond, like, you wouldn't care. It's not giving, like, insane, fabulous lake. Like, I'm not trying to say it's insane, fabulous lake. And he's not trying to, like, get other people to, like, come to this pond, even though, you know what he is? He is someone who's like, mm, I went to an amazing dumpling place, and I'm actually not going to post about it. 
<laughs> and he's writing a post about how he's not going to post, post about, about it. it. But then ends up like writing like a longer think piece about it. And then obviously about, people do end up coming. Like trying to figure out what the dumpling place is. But he's just being like, and ultimately it's actually about finding your own dumpling place. And I'm not saying that this dumpling place is so amazing, but it's really just yes. about spending like, time it's a, Yeah, there. it's about like searching for it and stuff. Um, In search of dumpling. And I will say Walden Pond to me is... It is beautiful. Yeah. And I will say it's less m- muck. Than, than you might expect, or than your ex-girlfriend might expect. Please tell the story. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so took my ex-girlfriend, who's from Chicago, real city trick, uh, to Walden Pond. but And she was always like, oh, I really want to get in some nature. And I was like, perfect, you know, I'll take you to Walden Pond, you know, five-minute drive in my dad's house. We go to Boston. I bring her there. She starts like getting kind of tense and it's just instantly gets goes this is fucking snake water <laughs> <laughs> and i was like no like just no we're gonna like walk this because it's like as a teen you like there's like the little baby beach and then you can walk this path to like these more these like tiny little inlets where it's like you more like can smoke weed and then like join the pond Badass. and she the whole time was just like hell no hell no snake water snake water i'm not going in this fucking snake water i mean she's not wrong i'm sure there's lots of little like garter snakes and little things mm-hmm. hanging out in there right so that was a fail she's used to lake michigan yes. stunning in its grandeur i i don't think i've been to a good lake michigan spot i feel like i only went to like the city beach and i was just kind of comparing it to the ocean and I was like, okay, what's the baby bullet like Michigan? But then I see photos of like Mari Batali's house on Lake Michigan. It looks like the Caribbean. <laughs> <I've> a- <laughs> what about Mari Batali's house looks like it's the Caribbean? He has like, a house on Lake Michigan. But it, the water his house? is so. Oh, the water's so clear. So and clear like, and right, like, okay. you know, baby blue and aqua. Okay. Once also, this is also so like crunchy mass. I was swimming with friend of the pod, Sam and Walden Pond. And we noticed my um, photo teacher just in the water with us. And it's that thing when you, like, see, see a, a teacher, teacher outside of school. <laughs> <laughs> and we're, like, whispering so loudly, being like, oh, my God, is that Tony Loretti? Oh, and, and you know, voices carry across the water. Oh, absolutely. And then it's also, like, you're seeing this photo teacher, like, shirtless. Yeah. And it was really sexual for you. Extremely sexual. And then you like snapped a photo and like then he's in the darkroom developing <laughs> photos like that you've taken of They're him. They're really nude. like far away photos of him. So Walden, this book, neither of us had read before. Yeah, shockingly. It's, it's shocking. But yet it was always there. It's. I mean, it's obvious. It has has quite a, a stranglehold on the public imagination, or perhaps not quite as tense as maybe we thought. Yeah. But I, you know, I think basically everyone gets the gist of the book, which is that it is this love letter to nature and simplifying your life. It's not so back to the land per se. No, because he's not so like you need to hunt and kill and like live your own life. He's yeah. more just like. Modern society is far too high, pay- like fast pace, and we are all basically like, you know, what are we doing? These we're things not working for? to live; we're living to work, and all we do is like struggle and toil, and we're sad, and we just pay rent to our landlords. And you know, the, the structure of the book is like there's this whole, you know, very almost Marx-like manifesto in the whole first section, and then the rest of the book is his. It, like justifying why he's choosing to live in the woods for a year or uh, two. Yeah, so I think it was six months. <laughs> well, no, it actually is two years because, like, and then towards the end, he's like, and that was my first year. And then I did one more year that was basically the same thing as that year. So he, at one point, says he only works for six weeks out of the year. And I was like, are you talking about working somewhere? Are you talking about like hoeing beans? I kind of took it to meant in more of like a freelancer way that he was like, I did like six weeks of work, like either like yeah, like I doing construction, like design. I did graphic design. <laughs> I like painted someone's house, but like also like worked at this random newspaper because he was a writer too, and he went to and Harvard. he went to Harvard. And then I think he was like, so I like saved up, and that was just like the money I had. He was like, and so I had this like thirty dollars that I could buy some like clapboards with and my the beans and yeah, the classic the beans. There was a lot of ideas that I mean I have to give my respect to throw, <laughs> okay? <laughs> but I was just like, you are so annoying. <laughs> I I can I just say yeah, I expected yeah. I I feel like I was like I had a sense that you. We're going to like him better than me. Yeah. I mean, I, I had that sense, too, reading it. <laughs> um, 
because you love, you know, you are a man who also likes to kind of spit out hot takes. Yeah. Like, ooh, he who needs to eat too many beans <laughs> shall need to, like, go kill himself over a muskrat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, this book, well, it was, it's quite the polemic in the beginning. And there were, and, and there's many, many points where he says stuff where you're just like, so true. Ah, uh, he told, I mean, he predicted Instacart. I don't know if you caught that. <laughs> His thing about, are you, okay, this is the food thing where I was like anti, but also he was right, where he was like the man who like needs so many preserved meats and beans and fish and like who's basically hungrier. It's because he works so hard that he needs to eat more. But he was like, if you work less, you're not going to be like hungry for so much like muskrat like ribeye and it's true you're just gonna need like three huckleberries which is like my diet which is like again he is like prototype indie harvard vegan like thin guy and like he isn't vegan because he's like oh it's cruel to eat an animal he's more just like why go through all that like just so you can have this prize of meat like i can eat potatoes and be full and it's way less work and you're kind of like, well, I mean, that is true. Because when I have a hard day at cleaning... The last thing you want to do is go <laughs> hunt a, a woodchuck. <laughs> no, but, <laughs> no, I was going to say, I'm a lot hungrier. <laughs> so then I'm filling up, you know? Yeah, for the next day. But, th- but that's the rat race. You know what I mean? And the rat race is just like, the more you put in, yes, the more you get out, but then the more you have to put <laughs> yeah, back in. Exactly. And it never ends. And then I have to get all these, you know, just like, now I have to get like five Indian burritos to, you know, satisfy myself after this long day of work. And I think, you know, that, I think that's really the the core thrust of this book. And it really rings true. You know, I think like, you know, as our producer Liam was just saying, you know, I think the like, what was once the contrarian view is now the kind of main mainstream view of Thoreau, which is that he's a hypocrite because his mother, his mother did, his mother laundry, did his laundry. And he's this mama's boy, Trustafarian homesteader. And I will say that I feel like, A, he's honest about that. He literally says in the book that he, <laughs> he did not do his laundry. <laughs> he, like, he could be a little more honest. I mean... He's not being this absolutist who's being just like, I'm so proud of the fact that I like kill deer and that I like tan hides and that I wash my clothes and I live. He's kind of just like, I'm simplifying and I'm building this cabin and I'm yeah, sitting, out, simple like, stuff. sitting out by the lake for hours, like doing nothing all day. And like, yes, I'm going home for my mom to do my laundry because just like, well, why not? She's going to do it. Wait, I want to read the which part. I, which I feel like kind of like makes sense for his philosophy because his philosophy is just like, we don't need to be like trying so hard. So, yes, and you know, let's all just take a take a breath. Here. I did love this quote, and this was about actually prize hunting because, as you know, we're anti poacher on this pod. He's anti. Yeah, is he said? Oh, like, do you think you're so noble because you killed a giraffe? And then says the most noble thing you can do: shoot yourself. Oh yeah, which I found kind of like goth. That was punk. goth of him. Yeah. Yeah, there are parts where he's, like, very, like, anti-hunting. But there's a whole part where he's very anti, like, I think what, like, what we think of as, like, a cosmopolitan bon vivant lifestyle of, like, travel and experiences and adventure. And he's just, like, you're so desperate. And he, and he like, kind of, like, you know, has an indictment of colonialism in there, too. Because he's, like, people want to go across the oceans and yes. conquer new lands. But it's just, like, why don't you conquer the mind, bitch? Well, no, the whole thing is, like, conquered the mind, conquered the mind, if I will. Yeah. <laughs> which I'm, like, I do agree with. And then I'm also, like, shut up at the same time. Because you're just, like, A, I do want to go to restaurants. I'm, like, <laughs> I want to go to restaurants. I want to shop. Oh, by the way, I feel like he's very anti-Irish. He he's very Irish. Like a, he does call them like a weaker race yeah. at one point. He's always like, he's so Irish and he not apply. And like, is always being like, oh, this shanty Irishman was like soaked in like <laughs> in Walden Pond. And I said, this was his whole thing about like how it's better to have less clothes and how poor people have more clothes. Well, OK, but this is so true, though. Which is kind of true. It's like any time I'm watching that show, The Home Edit, and like there's the celebrity house, and then there's the poor, like yeah. the normie house. The normie house is so there's much borders, more stuff and there's stuff. so much stuff. Well, because it's like you, 
are like, oh, I need stuff. So you're getting like cheaper stuff to be like, yeah. oh, this will make us like feel better. And a rich person yeah. gets one thing that costs a million dollars. Yeah. Well, it's also though I think like the aesthetics of wealth are. So and also they have. St- well, it's also just like rich people have storage units. I don't know if storage units are so rich. I feel like storage units are kind of classically middle class. I think like they have archives. They're not calling them storage <laughs> units. They have they're called okay, archives. Okay, that's really specific to like female celebrities only. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I I just literally think of like J Lo going to her storage unit. She definitely has one. Like she's not even managing she's like, it. Ben, will you run by my storage unit in Coral Gables? <laughs> yes, and Ben is, and it's like. Is designed I by mean, someone he's else. Very <laughs> right, and he's from best. So this Irish thing is, he says this. He has this Irishman after like a storm or whatever come into his house, and he's like, and he had pantaloon after pantaloon on it. He's <laughs> yeah. covered in pantaloons, and then here I was coming to the studio soaked, <laughs> and I was like, okay, here I am, this shanty Irishman. Yeah, my pantaloons are soaked, and then I read this article about how this entire boat of Irish immigrants. Died. Because they had too many clothes? Well, Shanti Irish. So they're on a boat. And it was supposed to land at Cape Cod. Right, right, right. The double landing or whatever. Yeah. And uh, the waves, it, it tossed them back and forth. They all died on the shores. Thoreau comes along, sees all these dead Irish people. Mm-hmm. You know what he says? I don't feel bad for the people. I feel bad for the waves. <laughs> for having to toss all these people back and forth. <laughs> Those like, poor waves having to yeah, deal with the Irish. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's rude. He is has some sassy opinions, for Which sure. Which is, I also love the sass. I love the sass. Well, that's why it's also, I think, ironic. So towards the end of the book, like, he gets very lesbian and anti-gossip. Oh, but then, because he's, he's always going into Concord and just being like, and the villagers, as usual, were <laughs> gossip, gossip, gossiping. They sit all day, like, on gossip, the street. Gossip, gossip, gossip. And if you've been to modern-day Concord, Concord, to think of it also is such a, like, gossipy well, town but it's like that's where you know little women you know and this is actually because this is so interesting so you know the landscape of exurban Boston like Concord and Lincoln has changed so much like Lincoln as well like and and the guy who annotated the book that mm. the version I read which is very like for students <laughs> Like, did note, um, and I will give Bill McKibben credit for noting this. Snaps Thank to you. Bill McKibben. That Concord is actually more rural now than it was in Thoreau's day. He talks about it like it's this, it's literally Boston. It's a bustling village center. And well, I and, mean, Concord is bustling. I'll say that for a, a suburb. Yeah, I mean, define bustle, but like. <laughs> <laughs> define, okay, I will define bustle for you. I mean, there's a cafe, there's multiple coffee shops, there's like, you know. There's the thinking cup, there's the, the laughing cup. And then, of course, there's like all the little monuments. I've stayed at the Concord Hotel where like all the revolutionary men stayed. Oh, and it's like such an old fashioned colonial hotel where and it's like it so, so creaky, but it's like 3 75 a night. Yes, I got busy at the Concord <laughs> Hotel. <laughs> and were you a minute man, if you know what I mean? <laughs> um, but here, okay, here's what's interesting, though. It's because of the, the development of agriculture. <laughs> yes. So agriculture used to be this thing where it's like the town commons, like Boston Common was mm. called that because people would be grazing their animals, like pigs and cows mm. would be there. And so a t- and the town center was where people were doing their livestock nonsense. Whereas <laughs> nowadays with modern mass agribusiness, it's like all that's happening in the Midwest in these just like endless, endless fields right. that are, you know, quite, quite removed from their natural state, you know, with modern irrigation and mm. all the rest of it. And so these little towns like Concord that used to have like a little center where people would be doing duck and pig stuff. It's now just, you know, that one colonial hotel and some houses and, and, some and whatnot. Sh- and some shops. Yes. There's um, perhaps some commerce. Well, right. well, I would say Concord is much more bustling than Lincoln, which has really tried to like, I think, 70 percent is conservation land. Wow. In Lincoln, you see cows, chickens, pigs, all of them grazing. And then there's like a strip mall with a weird art gallery, a gift store and a supermarket. And the art gallery is so like tin sculptures <laughs> with like a collage over the tin. Yeah. <laughs> and like, you know, and I think Thoreau would definitely be going into the town and having dinner there once a week and then going back to his cabin and mostly eating the beans that he is growing. So another note he has about Concord that I found hilarious is at one point, did you see that part where he was like, I wish Concord had a school. 
he wished Conquer Academy into fruition. And then it happened. And then it happened. And they were private high school. Yeah, I mean, he was talking opened. about how, like, the education system is appalling. Lord, if he only knew in 2022 <laughs> that our strand <laughs> yeah. workers haven't even heard of him. <laughs> <laughs> Which I and that's the part I did like where he was so like you're obsessed with the Oxfords and the Harvards, but like we should all just be thinking everywhere. There was a lot of honesty in this book that I really appreciated. Like it's he, like yes, he went to Harvard, but he's also like and yes, there should be a school in Concord, but like also you should read yourself because like as I said, like he admits to having his mom do his laundry. He admits to like when he's talking about his budgeting because he's he's quite also, I love how honest he is about money. He, t- he tells you his entire budget. But then at one point he's like, to meet the objections of some inveterate cavaliers, I may as well state that if I dined out occasionally, as I always had done, and I trust you'll have opportunities to do again, it was really to the detriment of my domestic arrangements. But it's like, and this isn't the part about his budget, but he's just like, okay, so yes, I went to restaurants. Like, like I'm like, not I'm insane. Not crazy. Also, in the whole beginning of the book, like, there's a ton of him um, really romanticizing the Indians and, like, pre-Columbian tribes for their relationship to nature, but also, like, how, you know, how well they're able to, like, construct their dwellings and, like, the wigwams. Yeah, he's definitely a little bit jealous of that. But he's also, at one point, he's just like, but girl, I'm not trying to live in a wigwam. Yeah, like, forever. And, like, you know, I appreciate that honesty because it's, like, many people would be, like, Colonialism is bad and like, you know, and like, you know, we should have never like, you know, English should have never come here and settled and colonized or whatever. And it's like, and we should celebrate like wigwams. But he's being like, and yes, I absolutely deeply respect the wigwam, but also like I am used to like creature comforts of like a house. With, and like, except for. <laughs> and I'm not trying to live in a wigwam. <laughs> he, yeah, he's like, I'm not trying to live in a wigwam. I want a small house. But then. He then is being like Filson, Carhartt, like bearded guy. And he was like, how sad for you if a man needs to get furniture oh, from wait, a furniture wait, ra- wait, warehouse. Wait, wait, Do you have that page? Cause- wait, no, oh, no, no. Well, this is the part where he says Asian shit is faggy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he was like, this, this is I, the yes. most. And he's like, I'm yes. not going to get some no, 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 gorgeous wait, oriental. No, no. Okay. This, this part is insane. He literally says having Asian decor makes you a faggot. There's a lot of masculinity stuff in this book. Okay. I think that in the railroad car, we are inclined to spend more on... He's talking about also how, like, railroad cars like, too fancy. Oh, yeah, he's really so, anti-railroad. Like, and it's like, okay, get friends. Well, I also think the irony is that nowadays, an environmentalist would be very pro-railroad pro and railroad. anti-car. Yes. Um, but railroads are the cars of their day. I think that in railroad car, we are inclined to spend more on luxury than on safety and convenience. And it threatens, without attaining these, to become no better than a modern drawing room with its divans and ottomans and sunshades and a hundred other oriental things, which we are taking west with us, invented for the ladies of the harem and the effeminate natives of the celestial empire, which Jonathan should be ashamed to know the names of. So Jonathan, my book points out, was meant like the typical American. That's what I thought. He's being so Joe Sixpack about he's be- it. Yes. He's always saying Jonathan. He's, so Jonathan means Joe Sixpack. And he's like, and also I know that celestial means Asian, which I know because. Why? Because. My. Uh, your game. My sort of old money boyfriend, uh, ex-boyfriend. Oh, yes. His grandmother would refer to Asians as celestials. So I that's how I knew he meant that. And they were like so pilgrim and Mayflower. They were so Mayflower. So he's being like literally the effeminate natives of celestial empires. Only they can know what Ottomans are. If you're just expecting you know what an Ottoman is, you are gay. You are literally a faggot. And then he's like, so it's like that. And then he's like, but even if you're ordering also like from an Ikea catalog, like you are not a real okay. man. But then again, I like, if you heard a man say the word Ottoman today, like, would you maybe not raise uh, an eyebrow? No, to be like, oh, you know what I need? An Ottoman. Like, it is kind of gay. <laughs> yeah, that's like fully gay to be like, oh, nice Ottoman, man. <laughs> Dude, Dude, that's a sick ottoman. Can I rest my feet on it? Dude, uh, I love that textured throw. (laughs) Celebrity Book Club. This episode is sponsored by ZocDoc. You're trying to find a cause for your symptoms. Achy back, headache, runny nose, itchy eye, wart on my genitals. So let me guess, you stumble down a TikTok rabbit hole full of questionable advice from so-called experts. Suddenly I have cancer? Uh, no thank you. 
<laughs> there are better ways to get the answers you want and the care you deserve from trusted professionals and not random people on the internet. Though randoms, I love you, and my TikTok addiction, yeah, it stands. But I'm sorry, Lily, you shouldn't be getting medical advice from some girl in her grandmother's basement in Toronto. ZocDoc helps you find expert doctors and medical professionals that specialize in the care you need and deliver the type of experience you want. That's right. Ditch the talk, get the doc. ZocDoc is the only free app that lets you find and book doctors who are patient-reviewed, take your insurance, are available when you need them, and treat almost every condition under the sun. No more doctor roulette or scouring the internet for questionable reviews. With ZocDoc, you have a trusted guide to connect you to your favorite doctor you haven't met yet. Mm, I love a trusted guide, like the time I climbed to Machu Picchu on the Inca Trail with a team of Sherpas. Millions of people use ZocDoc's free app to find and book a doctor in their neighborhood who is patient-reviewed and fits their needs and schedule just right. So find your Sherpa at ZocDoc.com. Go to ZocDoc.com slash book club and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then find and book a top-rated doctor today. Slay. Many are available within 24 hours. That's Z-O-C-D-O-C dot com slash book club. ZocDoc.com slash book club. Ditch the talk. I think he is solo poly. <laughs> okay, okay, he talks about having guests over. Okay, yes. yes. And, and I'm just like, there's always the like, guests? there's always these like drifters and boarders and local farmers and like local railroad workers. It's a lot of, a men, lot of men. Okay, a lot of shanty Irish men that he thinks, you know, aka like the trade. Yeah. And yeah. or like older guys. It's like or he'll be like oh and he was fishing for eel in Walden Pond and yes then I he came over and we split some of my unleavened bread <laughs> just a little bit of it yeah. and then he literally says the phrase this is the poly part for me I've had 30 souls in my house once oh okay <laughs> that is so poly um 30 souls today 30, 30 amazing souls <laughs> Today, 30, and then this was also so poly and, like, fucked up, potluck, where he's like, if I have one person over, I'll make a meal, like, I'll make my random bread and we'll share it, but I have 30 people over, I'm, like, not going to make them a meal. And he's, like, assuming that they're going to potluck. I mean, first of all, he's you can't make, like, beans for 30 people. Like talk to some poly people, I think you can. But then you're just doing this huge pot of beans. I don't know. Yeah, that's the most like and the house. house. But like, what was this standing party he referred to? Because at one point when he's like, (laughs) I have three chairs. (laughs) Yeah, he's like one One, to like sit. Was it one for solitude? Two for like find like company? Three for society? (laughs) (laughs) It's like what the three chairs were so crazy. (laughs) That's what's also kind of like. There's something a little bit. Almost like closeted about him, where I'm like, would you have gone into the Peace Corps if it if it was 2022? He's doing you know what I mean? everything not to get fucked up the at, butt. <laughs> like that's what I'm saying. Like at a certain point, I was just like, are you ever horny? But it'll also be the thing where when you write a book, you never mention how horny you are. Right, because he's like, that's for like lady folk of the town bustle to write yeah, about. Those are just like celestial men with their eyes. I just feel he was also just like staring at a woodchuck jerking off. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, because when he says like, so in the mornings, I would just like bathe, bathe, sunbathe, nude, wonderful sunbathe. Yes, he's like, mm, my man must bathe in Walden Pond. It feels then so I would kind good. of like lounge in my society chair <laughs> yeah. for like two hours and like do nothing and like the sun's streaming in and I'm hearing the sounds of the birds. Oh, that was the other thing that I was like, this is him being so afraid of being gay, is like things he thinks like interfere, you need to look within and they like interfere with like true happiness and like true purity. Music, wine, coffee, tea, shopping, gossip. Yeah. It's His a, it's big a, six, I guess. And it's like, when he was like, why do you need to listen to music when you can hear a loon? Well, okay. Sometimes I do want to hear the loon. Like, this comes back to my vacation in Panama when that German couple was, like, playing Rammstein. And I was like, can we please hear, like, the parrots? 
and not your Bluetooth Rammstein? Like, and right, and I guess I stood up for that German couple having sex with Rammstein because I just think that's so. If you're that German and need to listen to Rammstein to fuck, no, you should. No, I mean obviously, like, who are you in the book? I'm Throw, and you're like this town gossip who's just like blasting fiddle. Yeah, <laughs> and like, and like, I'm fucking the wet Irishman, and like Throw comes to town for his beans, and is like, oh me? No, I'm not staying for dinner. I'm going back to my cabin to sit in my thinking chair but i do think it just didn't make me wonder i was like to do the part where he does that whole kind of weird like play with the hermit yes there's this like little dialogue this back and forth of him and a hermit the hermit gets so much more like sexual agency and like eroticism than any other character in the book like yes certainly any woman in the book he could be gay and so closeted or i think he could be also classic nerdy Massachusetts man who's just so afraid Mm. of rejection Uh, from a woman yes and to open himself up that he's just doing kind of everything in his power oh I'm too distracted by loons oh I'm too distracted by hoeing yeah and my beans, my, <laughs> my, my acres beans. of beans. <laughs> and because it's like very vegan straight guy to be like, oh, I'd rather like buffalo potatoes than like have a good meat. Why do you need anything more? Also, this isn't between, this is like a weird play where it's like a poet and a hermit, but like obviously he's the poet. Poet, see those clouds, how they hang. Phallus, anyone? <laughs> That's the greatest thing I've seen today. There's nothing like it in old paintings, nothing in the foreign lands, unless when we were off the coast of Spain. I thought, as I am my living to get, I have not eaten today, that I might go a-fishing. That's the true industry for poets. It's the only trade I've learned. Come, let's along. And then the hermit goes, I cannot resist. My brown bread will soon be gone. I will go with you gladly soon. And you're kind of like, okay, so they're going fishing together. Which also is this kind of reverse thing of like, fishing really is a a sport that brings men together. You know, it's not just because hunting, I feel like, is a little more centered of like, you know, redneck stuff. And I well, like but fish. it's also quite posh in England. Like the yes. whole hunting culture is like the dogs and the pigeons and the plates and whatever. But in America, I feel like it is more redneck. Yeah. But with fishing, I feel like it's like you can be a little more like I'm a poet fishing, or I'm like also so like Luke Bryan. I'm on my like huge boat getting. I mean, enough. fishing allows for it's, it's fishing thought. is all about the words unsaid. I mean, it's Brookback Mountain. You know what I mean? Yeah. Whereas hunting, there's a little bit too much to do. Yes. Fishing is just you sit there and you have to think. Yes. And listen and get up early. And that is, I think, in many ways, so much more erotic Mm. than hunting. Because it's like hunting is too, it's too like superficially vulgar. Obvious. You have the big gun. The hunt, the gun, right? I'm killing my prey. I'm dominating, right? Whereas fishing, you have to like sit there interrogating your own desires and letting them surface and dissipate and... It's terrifying. Well, and people always describe the feeling of fishing as heartbreak. Chills. Mm. <laughs> Absolute it's, chills. It's never about conquest. It's always like setting yourself up for a broken heart. Okay, this part I really agreed with about the post office. Wait, yes. Yes, he Wait, was I like... I that too. He was like, why the fuck? <laughs> he was like, why the post office? And he was like, think about it. I've only gotten two letters in my life worth their postage. <laughs> it was like, girl, amen. Yeah, literally, so, amen. I wrote down, girl, if you only knew. Because <laughs> now the... Well, because it's like, remember there was that whole, like, when the post Save office the became post office. a liberal creed yeah. occur because, like, Trump was getting rid of it. And now. we were all like, and everyone was like, buy merch off buy, of po- post buy, office buy, merch. Buy, buy post office bucket hats. And, and like, girls were in, like post office long sleeves and it's like and it was mailbox like... selfies and then it's like everyone forgot about that and now it's like oh right all the post office does is give you like credit card trash. offers and <laughs> trash it's just pure trash his mail was always just being like you're shipping off to go fight in a war or like your fiance is dead like it was always just like pretty serious yeah um yeah i, I do i did detect a, twi- a tinge of jealousy. Yeah, where it it's like, like hmm, no one ever sends, no me, one ever sends me anything. Um, did you clock that he's pro open floor plan? Because no. he's talking about like how it's like. How I mean, the- I guess I assume yes, because his cabin is one room. It's it's definitely. 
Um, but he's talking about how just like it's just so every couple in House Hunters where they're just like, I want to be able to see my guests like while I'm yeah, cooking. while I'm chopping. Nowadays, the host does not admit you to his hearth, but has gotten the the mason to build one for yourself somewhere in his alley. And hospitality is the art of keeping you at the greatest distance. There's as much secrecy about the cooking as if he had a design to poison you. <laughs> and it's just like. Oh, yeah, the host is always, like, toiling away over his cauldron, and you're just, like, in the drawing room. And it's like, he's like, what about an open floor right, plan? what if we could talk? Yeah. Well, which is funny, because I feel like the way he talks about conversation, his definition of gossip is quite wide. He refers well, to the Boston newspaper as gossip. Yeah. He refers to just, like, any conversation that happens in Concord as gossip. And then he's like, yeah, and, like, sometimes when, like, people would come over, and they would talk to me about, like... Other places that they had been or people that they had met who had been to, like, Ohio or London. And all they wanted to talk about was clothes and manners. And I'm just kind of like, that's fun. And, like, that's literally funny. And, like, also, bitch, like, you're also talking about clothes. You have an entire chapter about clothes. About clothes. So it's like... And, like, how you think that this is the best clothing because you love your, like, worn-ass peacoat. So it's just, like, what like what am I supposed to talk about with you? It's like, yes, I'm here for you. Like, yes, we should stop door dashing. But right. I'm just like... People are coming over like, yes, they want to talk about like how they went to London. And you're being like, oh, this is just poppycock and gossip. gossip. And it's like, why don't we discuss truth? Truth. <laughs> and it's like, is your truth that like you're gay? You're gay. <laughs> it's like that's why he's so afraid of any sort of conversation, because then the actual truth will have to come out. Yes. And it's like those people, they've seen Walton Pond like you can't have an entire dinner talking about a pond <laughs> you know it's well, like well and yet i mean i will say i guess that's where this book it, you know really does prove its metal because it's like there is all the like polemic sections but like the vast majority of this book is, is straight up pond it's straight up pond i'll say it, pond gossip it's pond, he... yeah pond gossip it's like no i mean the whole section about the ants at war which i loved was gossip about yeah. ants fighting that he saw it was very cool it's like he's watching these ants at war but it's like, oh, that's not gossip because it's like your little boy brain talking about like ants fighting. Yeah. He needs to go to therapy um, with your mom. <laughs> <laughs> with my mom. And OK, let's talk about fashion. Arrested the civil disobedience. He was arrested at the cobblers. He's the original like, New Hampshire live for your die for not paying taxes. He went to the cobbler to and like, they pick got up him a shoe. There. Yes. Oh, and they knew he was going there because he had a shoe to get. Yes. And they arrested him there. Wait. And he spent a night in jail. If only he knew how massive the government had gotten. I mean, oh. he would be aghast at modern society. Absolutely aghast. But then it's like he's so... Because, I mean, he's very van life. He's van life. He's cabin porn. Like, and he's just like, build your tiny house and like, whatever. It all comes back to that. Although he would probably think that those tiny house people I are think, being like... Right, because he was like, if they knew they had a show and... about a tiny house, he'd be like, you're bragging about your tiny house. Yeah. So Lily's stepmother has an organization that is anti-lawnmower, uh, mostly because of the sound they make, but also the pollution. And uh, the organization is called Quiet, Quiet Communities. Communities. And it is based in Lincoln. Which is right next door to Concord. So you can imagine why, you know, she and my father were into Walden, into Thoreau. Yes, into the in concept of simplifying. And, you know, quite frankly, we certainly don't need... Well, I mean, which is true because, I mean, these... The intensity of the lawnmowers. Or... The frequency. The, the leaf blowers. The leaf, the leaf blowers especially. And, you know, a lot... I think it came from basically... What's so bad about a few leaves, first of all? Well, yeah. Aren't you in New England for ex that reason? Yes. The leaves... And these companies will hire a maintenance, a lawn maintenance company and say, you just have to leaf blow for a certain amount of time. Right. Six hours. And this comes back... And then it's yeah. just going and going. I mean, we were at your beautiful home in Nantucket. Right. And they were leaf blowing and mowing for 900 hours. And, I, and this is not against the men, of course, doing the work. Right. But, I, you know, it, I think it dovetails quite accurately with Thoreau's whole concept, which is just like, once again, this is a rat race. It's like they're they're doing this work because they've been hired to do this work and they have to do X amount of hours of this pointless work yeah. so that they can get paid. And then the people are paying them because they feel that their yards have to be cleaned to keep up with the Joneses. And then the men who are mowing for so long then need to eat a lot of meat afterwards. And, you know, one thing this this book made me consider, of course, because, you know, he, he, he really does indict the concept of status and, and how so much of what we attempt to attain in this life is because of uh, our attempts to achieve status, right? And, right. 
And we want. I mean, that's thing. It's like obviously we both love shopping, but you see, it's like, do you really need this? You right. Know, to keep up with the Jones. And we want to look a certain way. We want our homes to look a certain way. We want all these, you know, celestial. <laughs> we want these celestial ottomans, and 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 you know, and we we strive and we toil and toil and toil to pay the rent, so that one day, hopefully, we might. Be a landlord ourselves, you know. Oh yeah, isn't that the greatest? You know, thing to oh, do? We, and we live in this tiny box that so maybe one day we can own a bigger box with more ottomans, and and yet, of course, as I'm reading this, I'm like, you know, the idea that he is immune to the lure of status, mm. I think, is ridiculous. I mean, right? I mean, he, this is a man who went to Harvard. Why? And he why wrote, go to Harvard? Why publish? A why book? publish a book? Though I will say this. Okay. He he published Walden and Civil Disobedience, and I think only one other thing. Okay, so he wasn't desperately trying to... He wasn't shooting out bestsellers here and there, but yeah, it's like, I think this... You, you don't think he was trying to achieve so much fame? I relate to him in this way, whereas someone who also <laughs> went to multiple private schools is like, then you're kind of like angry at the the private schools you're like why are we all striving to pay money to go to these places for what no i mean you know it is a rat race. It's a rat race oh so you can say i went to the school and then what and then you can get a job that pays a ton of money and you work a 60 hour a week so you can afford the rent on your apartment and the ottomans and, the ottomans, and then to send, send your, your child to an expensive school so they can make a lot of money to send their you know and it's just like where does it end and what is the point of all of it and are you really any happier than a man who does nothing and sits in his doorway? <laughs> <laughs> and jerks off to and a woodchuck. jerks off to a woodchuck. <laughs> um, and then uh, just one other thing I wrote here that I did love um, that is kind of foodie, even though he's like just into the random beans he eats. He says New Englanders should learn some new crops. He was kind of like, stop being boring and sowing all the same old crops you've been sowing. Yeah. No, I mean he's dra- he drags everyone in this. So he's like, dragging the Concordians, he's dragging the English, he drags the Spanish, the like, Irish for sure. Yeah. So it's fun. It's like yes, he is being like, uh, I'm only going to eat potatoes, but then it's also like mm, maybe like I don't know, grow a new tomato. <laughs> <laughs> I guess you know, I, I mean, and this is we did mention this earlier, but just to read the actual quote because there's something quite I think quite beautiful about this. Um, nay, be a Columbus to whole new continents and worlds within you. Opening new channels, not of trade, but of thought. Every man is the lord of a realm beside which the earthly empire of the Tsar is but a pretty state, a hummock left by the ice. Mm. You know, just that sort of, that celebration of imagination. And it made me think of another New England writer, Emily Dickinson. There's something kind of... Lonely New England people. Lonely New England people. There's something profoundly antisocial about it. Um, And yet it doesn't feel... I guess there's something nice about it, too. It doesn't feel antisocial in the, like, super sad, like, alienated way that uh, No, I mean, I'm sort of reading, like, the Unabomber. I mean, that's more modern. But it's a a different type of... Well, I think New England has a lot of romanticism to it. I'm not just saying that because we are from New England, but... Well, you know, and it's... You know, in terms of the post-Columbian era, it's one of the few places in the country where there's any history, darling. <laughs> Celebrity Book Club. This week on the VIP Lounge, we're getting into all sorts of Fashion Week events that we're going to be going to and a serious discussion about health. Who's that lounging in the booth? Oh, also I had to do I had to go to an audiologist in the same place this all before happened today. Yeah. And <laughs> it was like so cool in Scientology and they put headphones on me. And like another headband, and I had oh wait, to... you were literally getting audited. Yeah, and I was in a booth, and I had to say yes every time I heard like a tiny little beep. Oh, I've done that before because I was just like, I'm deaf, and they were like, your hearing is actually completely normal. Yeah, she said my hearing was perfect, and then she was like, repeat after me: ice cream, <laughs> yours, popcorn, couch, side, football. <laughs> Subscribe on patreon.com slash cbcthepod to get more content like that every single week for only $5 a month. Segment Pond. What does she eat? What does she wear? How does she live? What does she eat? She eat 
Bushulas, huckleberries. And and beans. And beans. And so this is also what's so like pandemic about him is that he was like, I really studied like the art of bread making and I looked up so many ancient recipes and like he is being upstate girl. Like And he's also been his whole thing about Indian meal and he's like, It's actually really good and I always get like the Indian (laughs) like cornmeal from my like local shop. No, it's not just like regular American flour, like Indian meal is like it's a little more coarse, but it's it's so it, it, it comes it comes out a really good texture. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so he that's like his main thing is bread. Is bread, and yeah. And baking his own. And then like if he does have guests. He's a total carb slut. Right. He'll they'll come over for his Come loaves. over for this either this two person seated event or the thirty person standing party. Which is more like past hors d'oeuvres of like leavened bread and beans. And I feel like he discovers sourdough at one moment where he's like, oh, and then it started like fermenting a little. And like, I feel like he does mention he was like, and then this startup came over from the Mayflower and like, girl, we've been passing that shit around like a blunt <laughs> ever since. Like, <laughs> I remember when we went to Mission Chinese once okay. and we got the pizza, which was like the off menu thing. Right. And I remember a young me, guest of the pod, told us that, that like, the starter from that pizza. Oh, like that like lamb pizza that was e- so good. I don't know if it was a lamb pizza or it was just like a pepperoni. Okay. <laughs> but the starter, for, it was a sourdough pizza and it was like from some famous bakery in San Francisco and had been going since like the 60s or something like that. Yeah. No, I mean the stories that starters could tell. Yeah. It's beautiful. Oof. Starter. Um, what does he wear? Um, a few simple garments. Simple garments and he gets them fixed and mending... Is something everyone should learn. Okay, wait. Do, did you the part where he was like, "I think tattoos are better than clothes because at least tattoos last forever." He was like, "A man oh. with many tattoos is actually like more morally upstanding than a man with so many pantaloons." So who was so tatted? Like the Irish sailors? Yeah, were all these Irish getting like Sailor Jerry tats in eighteen fifty four? So Shamrock. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, I just feel like you know it's a lot of. Uh, gray, a lot of gray wool and black. I think like a pea and, coat, which is also very like beatnik of him. And... Well, I'm thinking of again of my high school and neighboring Weston. A lot of the indie guys would do pea coat, black skinny jeans, little black shoes. But I was like looking up these drawings of him, and like he did have some like you know a white shirt under and a big collar, but it was you know I think pea coat stuff. So I guess this is a little more how does she live as we segue into it. He is Buddha. He's always talking about Hinduism. He loves Hinduism. Yeah. I mean, he's obsessed with, like, yeah, Eastern philosophy. So, like, I don't, you know, I think if he was around today, he would have, like, a small stone Buddha outside. Yep. Absolutely. A hundred percent. He would be like, and one week out of the year, I sleep on a tatami mat. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, so he'd be like, it's tatami week, and yeah. I'm resetting. <laughs> and he would have a lot of books, but, like, not so many, because I feel like he'd be very library. No. Oh, because he's like, I don't accumulate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. I buy that. You don't, so you don't think he's so, like, friendly, but it's and just, like... Floor to ceiling. I know that's what I first thought. Because the thing is, don't thought, you think he is? Heather? He, I know, with like the ladder, and right. it's like coming to his library, and I guess he is. And they're all like, I think, so. I think now, especially because just like books are so like you know forgotten and abandoned in our right, society. He'd be like save our books, save the books. Because he does have that part where he anthropomorphizes his furniture when he cleans it. When he's like, when my floor is dirty, I take oh, all the furniture yes. out put pond water and sand all over the floor and like scrub it and he's like and then I gazed upon my three-legged stool (laughs) like I thought it might enjoy the fresh air for a bit and seemed like it did not want to return to the inside I'm like okay like Julio Torres like uh, talking about like story about about a chair chair. (laughs) so I guess he would be floor to ceiling Buddha I think a low bed medium I think medium bed because like it needs like there's like so many like wasps and like termites in there probably. He but. is also definitely like I would say very like Ditmus dad also or something like it's in this way where it's like you know he has like a faded dad hat. 
also think because today he would be like so tiny house and like those are usually high beds because there's so much like storage. And oh, like, true. And he needs like such a storage system underneath. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he has like growlers of like non-alcoholic mead or whatever. He's oh, brewing. yeah. His 0.0 mead. It's because like, he does drink, but then he's always like, you are a loser if you drink. And like then he's just like, oh, you need coffee in the morning. You need tea after dinner. Try looking within. And it's yeah. like, fuck off. Have one berry. Yeah. <laughs> But then again, it's like, you know, we do, we do, these things are crutches. No, I slammed a Vietnamese iced coffee and then got like Midtown Fast Casual Indian. Sounds like you had some Midtown Fast Casual diarrhea. No, I know. I was like, this is a crazy decision. Why am I like just inhaling all these things that I think I need? I don't need these things, these things. I needed food. I was hungry. Yeah. Maybe you didn't need the full iced coffee. I don't think I needed the Vietnamese iced coffee. So much sugar. Oh, they're so yummy. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, who, who are, are you in the, the book? book? As we stated, you are the town gossip. I'm the town <laughs> gossip. I'm bustling about. I'm just like seeing him get arrested at the cobbler, like <laughs> texting, like on a scroll. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're sending so many letters at the post office. <laughs> oh, yeah. I have a huge stack of letters. Because it's my texting to like all To my... all your other chicas like in Quincy. Just being like. Quincy and Braintree. Braintree. And... Like, <laughs> Ooh, like you're going to hear all about this faggot who's building a cabin <laughs> at the pond. <laughs> and they're like, well, Miss Murata, you and they like give me like a duffel of my letters. And I'm just like, fuck yes. <laughs> and then I'm just like coming to the town to do my wash and fold once a week. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm seeing you be like, oh, there she is again. Letter girl. Letter girl. All, all her letters. Oh, gab, gab, gab. Okay, but aren't you also just like a rich guy in Concord who has like so many like ancient Chinese dressers? <laughs> no, I, no, I, no, I am swathed. And I'm going to your house and I'm like, you have to read this letter. I'm swathed in Ottomans. I'm yeah. drowning in Ottomans. <laughs> We're both like, that guy is so sketchy. And you're like, but he's kind of like hot. He's like hot. Oh, you know that way he's like lanky, like whatever. Wait, I actually dumbo ears. He has total dumbo ears. I'm gonna actually just like do one of my morning walks and like accidentally run into him bathing. (laughs) And you're like, you're sick. Tell me all about it. (laughs) All right. Well, I honestly, this I thought this book was was honest. It was beautiful. I I give this book four out of five. Bushels of bean for sale at two dollars and six cents. I, you know, and I, I, just, I gotta give it to him. He really started a lot of thought. Okay, yeah. He put Walden on the map. Yeah. He put, you know, being an indie guy with a cabin on the map. So I mean, just for that, I give this four eels who are no longer inhabitants of Walden Pond out of five former winged cats because of pollution and overfishing i think over, oh, him and all of his little imaginary friends were overfishing <laughs> all, all the eels i do feel like i will say like i guess this book isn't even taught in schools anymore but like if you i'd read this in middle school or high school i don't think i i would have really like gotten it because it's like reading this now you is need like, to like be an adult who does overindulge in things right I think. who overindulges and also just like works to pay rent and is just like oh uh, like the world is boring why like do we do this it's like as a 35-year-old, like, barely employed, like, freelancer, I was like, oh, like, this book is really, like, making a lot of sense. And I feel like if you're just, like, a 16-year-old... Like, then... I was annoyed by him now. I would have been so annoyed by him then. I would have yeah. been like, get off it. This is so boring. I mean, also, reading this, like, hot day before, just, like, at, like on Labor Day weekend was such flashbacks to me trying to finish the communist manifesto um before school started and like in high school that i chose as my summer reading because i wanted was... to be no i wanted i was like oh i'm so punk i'm oh, gonna not choose it was short you were no, like i was like and everyone all my friends made fun of me they're like you're really gonna like read the communist manifesto and i was like yeah i'm literally punk sorry sorry i'm like a total anarchist badass like sorry <laughs> yeah. i don't believe in your fucking capitalist system dude and they're like so lily what do you believe in you're like i'm getting to it <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Obviously, I like never finished it. <laughs> so yeah. Um, all right. Well, Club Kids, this has been 
another a, amazing a, episode. Amazing episode. I love talking about books. I love talking about books. And thank you for sharing it with us. And we'll see you soon. See you soon. Keep reading. And keep swimming in ponds. Mm. Best. Best. Celebrity Book Club is presented by Prolet Projects. The show is produced by Benjamin Frisch with editorial support from Leon Nafok, Andrew Parsons, Arlena Revelo, and Madeline Kaplan. Our production manager is Priscilla Verlin. Our intern is Noah John. Original theme song by Stephen Phillips Horst. Artwork by Teddy Blanks at Chips NY. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, you know what this playground could use? A wine country, huh? A redwood forest would be cool. Ski slopes! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. Need an easy button to feed your baby? Baby Bretza's Formula Pro Advanced makes a perfectly mixed warm formula bottle automatically at the push of a button. No air bubbles, no fuss. Literally, choose your temp, select your ounces, push start, and you're done. Works with virtually all formulas and bottles. Say goodbye to the 3 a.m. feeding chaos and hello to this revolutionary stress-free solution. Raising a baby is hard enough. Let Baby Bretza make feeding a breeze. Get your Formula Pro Advanced at babybrezza.com.